0: How you doing? How your mama now? They good? I'm so glad you guys are here today. Woohoo! Woo! Woo! Hey, the men's conference, you need to sign up for. I'm telling you, we're gonna have so much fun. In honor of me losing my pinky. They put it back on if you don't know the story. We will have go-karts here in the parking lot. That's no joke. Um at Mechanical Bull, uh Axtra, all kinds, co- I mean, like this one, this event this time is Chalked full of just so much amazing, fun stuff, it'll blow your mind. And then our guest speaker is Brandon Barber, he's from Houston, pastor of the church there in Houston, um, has an incredible prison ministry that he does. You don't want to miss him, and he'll actually be here that Sunday to speak as well on May 6th. You don't want to miss that. Okay, so all of that, sign up and do that. If it's your first time here today, then you don't know who I am, that's totally cool, but my name is Craig and my wife Patty and I get to pastor this really cool church. So thank you so much for being here. Even if you're just here to see somebody get water baptized, which we're gonna do that in just a minute, yay. Um, Even if you're just here to see them get water baptized, that's totally cool. If you want to, you can scan that QR code on the back of the seat and do the connection card there and fill that out and then we can contact you and just be a little more formal and say thank you for coming and and welcome for being here. Um, Okay, so there's also a bunch of people watching online. Will you guys put your hands together and help me welcome the rest of our family, YouTube, Facebook, Church Online platform. We are so glad you guys are with us. Thank you for tuning in. Tune in in. All right, now today um, we are gonna baptize some folks, but I'm gonna gonna kick off this series real quick with us um, and give us the overview. So here, here's the deal, um, most of our series that we do here at South Point Message Series are felt-need or topical, right? There's a topic like hope or fear, you know, whatever, topic, and we'll, we'll do sermons around those. Um, this one is a little different. Actually, this one is incredibly different. Um, it is 16 weeks in nothing but the book of Romans. So we're going to go chapter by chapter through the book of Romans. Uh, this will be a little more teachery than what you might be used to, um, that's totally cool because we are, one of our values here is we are lifelong learners. So get you a notebook out there in the lobby, the three ring binder, they're free. Um, the, the tithe givers have already paid for those, so, so you can just say thank you to them. Somebody, every now and then somebody will say, why don't we charge for those? Don't you think that's funny when churches charge for stuff because then you're charging for stuff that they've already paid for with their offerings and gifts. That's just me. Okay, um, so anyway, they're out there. Some of you are like, I never thought about that right there. Okay, um, so we're doing this whole thing, lifelong learners, so get your note sheets out um, and get ready. We're gonna be going chapter by chapter. Today, we are just doing the overview of Romans, and it is going to be so fun. And so here's what we're doing. Um, This QR code is on the screen because it's not just the message in the house this time. What we're wanting to do is during the week, not starting this week, but during the week, we're gonna do a group Bible study online with like over a thousand people, so it'll be so much fun. Um, we're gonna do a group Bible study all online, and it's through this app, okay? So this is not the South Point app, it's the Uversion app. If you don't already have that, it's a great app on your phone. Um, it's got all the different Bible translations and all that stuff, that it's all free, it's fantastic. So if you wanna prepare for next week, Go ahead and download this app if you already have it, then you're good, and next week we'll give you a QR code for a specific group Bible study that we're all going to do together. You you tracking with me? You tracking with me? And so um, the group Bible study is set up to be once a day, but we're going to go easy, because for some of you it might be your first time studying the Bible, and so we're going to go easy, so we're going to do one a week rather than one a day, and we'll talk more about that next week. The big deal is I just want you guys to be a part of this because I really want us to learn. You know, there's, there's a lot of times where we get, I can, be a, I can be a motivational speaker, right? I can motivate you to do things sometimes, not all the time, um, but motivation wears off. And you end up falling on what you've learned and so I think we should fall on a solid foundation of God's word. Don't you think that sounds good? Um, so download that. Just, just take, I'm, giving you, I'm throwing down the gauntlet, giving you a 16-week challenge. Hang with us. Do this together, and I guarantee if you'll do it, legit do it, um, you'll come out on the other end smarter than you are right now. All right, and so the Bible study, we'll do that online, and then at the end of the Bible study, there's like a group chat box where we can all talk and say, hey, I didn't like that, I don't believe that, or I like that, or I got this, or you know, whatever. And that'll be moderated by one of the the staff members. So, um, let me ask you a question. How many of you, and I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand, we're gonna take a quick poll. How many of you would like to live, from this day forward, would like to live your life with less regrets? Raise your hand. Don't raise it if you don't mean it. I mean, like, legit. Don't just raise your hand. Okay, look around. Hold it up for a second. Hold it up for a second. I'm so tired. Oh, my Lord. Take a nap. Okay, hold your hand up. Look around. Those of you that are not raising your hand, seriously? (laughs) You must not know what a regret is. Uh, A regret, you know, the regret's that feeling you get inside because you wish you wouldn't have done whatever. You wish you would have made a different business decision. You wish you would have made a different relationship decision. Come on, somebody. Sorry, I didn't mean to bring up your third wife. Um, so we, <laughs> zinger, wow, that hurt. Okay, we, we, we had these regrets where we wish we wouldn't have done that, and you can't change the past, right, so now you're left with that feeling. I don't like that feeling. There's a couple dudes um, in 1936, two men, in 1936 sold all the rights to Superman for $65. (laughs) I don't think they're still alive, but how many know they probably had regrets (laughs) all the way down? Or have you heard, you guys have probably heard this name, Magic Johnson, you guys heard of Magic Johnson? Yeah, if you haven't, it was, whatever. He was a basketball player in 1979. Um, that's when he really started getting famous and all that stuff. I was—he was on a podcast the other day, and he said one of his biggest regrets in life was when he, in 1979, when he started getting popular, you know, and all that stuff. Two shoe companies came and approached him. One was Converse, and Converse said, "Hey, we will give you hundred thousand dollars cash to wear our shoes," and and he said, Magic Johnson said, "Deal, sold." The second shoe company that came to him was a startup company. You've probably never heard of them. Um, they were just starting out. It's a company called Nike. Have you guys heard of Nike? Nike didn't have the money. They told Magic Johnson, we don't have the money. We're a startup company. We don't have the money to give you that up front, but what we'll do instead is give you the equivalent in stocks. He didn't take that option. He said "Hit those stocks today would have been worth 5.2 billion dollars. Needless to say, Magic Johnson said, oh, a, I have regrets over that decision right there. <laughs> right there. But we live life with regrets, and so here, here's the deal. The whole point of Romans, this is honestly like, I'm talking a 50,000 foot view of Romans, is that we just live life with less regrets. Like if you'll just live a certain way, you really will have less regrets as as life goes on. And so that's kind of the the huge big picture overview of Romans because here's the deal. Here's a nice little catchphrase. Romans does its best to give us clear thinking in unclear times. Gives us clear thinking, and so we, if we'll think clearer, then we'll live better, and we'll therefore have less regrets. Y'all, y'all track with me. Pull out your notes, even if it's on paper, or even on your phone. If you want to pull it out, you can download the notes online. Um, decisions determine direction. Direction determines destiny. Now, let me say that again, because this is like really good news here, and I'll explain it. Decisions determine. Direction, the decisions you make right now today determine direction. Direction determines destiny. And this is awesome for you and me because your future is not determined by your past. Let me say it a different way. Your future and your destiny is no longer determined by your dysfunctional family. Your future and your destiny is no longer determined by the economy, by the political standing, by world wars or anything. Your future destiny is determined by the decisions that you make today. So if you don't like what you're going to be in a... Okay, let me... I'll I'll back up the other way. If you don't like who and how you are today, I got news for you. I love you, Uh, but you made those decisions last year and you've been trying to blame other people for it, but sweetie, the blame game will keep you right where you are all the time. Yep. At some point, we have to realize, yeah, that was a dumb decision. I have regrets over that, so now I'm gonna start thinking more clear so that I can make better decisions today so I have less regrets tomorrow. Doesn't that sound like common sense? Common, common sense. Okay, so... Grab your, grab your pen, your paper, your notes, however you want to do it. Um, the book of Romans, let me give you just a quick overview. The book of Romans is not written by the Apostle Paul. Okay, hold, hold on. Like, everybody says, he's written? The Apostle Paul lived in Corinth. He did not write the, the epistle of Romans, but he authored it. And so what that means is, there was a church in Rome that Paul had never been to, And he wanted to go, he wanted to minister to them and everything, but he was living in Corinth, and he just couldn't get there because of traffic and the subway and stuff. Anyway, he couldn't get there. And so he put together some lectures or sermons, messages, and he hired a guy named Tertius. The the scripture is there in your notes. He hired a guy, Tertius, to write down what he spoke. And so I don't know if you are like this, but I like listening to preachers. I I, I really do. I I enjoy that. That's just kind of... My thang, whatever. You're like that's because you're a preacher. Could be. Anyway, I think it'd be awesome to hear the Apostle Paul like preach. But this, and that's what we get in Romans. It's actually a lecture, a series of lectures that the Apostle Paul did in Corinth, and he hired Tertius to write down. Here's a here's a key a key verse. Um, I'm reading all these theology books and all these commentaries and all this stuff, and it's funny how different theologians will say there's different key verses in Romans. Like, this guy says it's Romans 8.28. This guy's like, it's Romans 12. You know, they're all over the place. Um, one of them said this, and I kind of like this one, so basically what I'm saying is they're all good scriptures, right? I mean, it's just, but here's a good key one for you. Romans 5.1. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, grab your note sheet. On the back of your note sheet, you got this graph. We're gonna go all teachery, you ready? Woo, I hate school. I know, I know. But even the kids in Horn Lake have to learn sometimes. All right, so um, you can look at this graph. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) If you pull this one. Sometimes I say that, it just cracks me up. Okay, you look at this, this is, this is a big overview of Romans. I did purposely put it in your notes so you can look at it. I'm not gonna explain all this. You guys really can read it and you know that. But I want you to I point out one certain thing to you. Um, at the beginning of Romans, it's all about what we believe, and so every week we're gonna cover a different chapter of Romans. So next week we'll cover chapter one and then chapter two consecutively, right? And so the first part of Romans, you're gonna realize as we start talking about this, it's a lot of theology. It's a lot of what we believe, right? And then the last part of Romans, Paul, the Apostle Paul, is like, okay, and this is how we behave, right? So, and that's huge and so important to us because here's the deal. How many of you, I know you know people who believe in Jesus Christ, but they sure as heck don't behave like they believe in Jesus Christ? Come on, somebody. I'm very aware of what church I'm preaching in today. I follow you on social media. Okay, so we believe in Jesus Christ, and that's fantastic, but we don't behave like it. Watch this. Believing in Jesus Christ, that he is your Lord and Savior, it will gain you entrance into heaven. But if you don't behave like you believe in Jesus, it will never usher in the kingdom of God into your life here. We spend most of our lives, I can't wait to get to heaven. I can't either, I hear it's really cool, right? But then we complain about how our lives are falling out here, and the deal is the reason our lives are falling out here is because we're not behaving like we believe. It's about our behavior. Y'all are looking at me like I got three heads up here. We just, and you, you've seen this. People will start complaining. Like they believe in Jesus Christ, and then they start complaining. They, they throw a social media temper tantrum. Have you seen these? Have you seen this, how horrible life is and it's falling apart and I guess my faith isn't strong enough or why do bad things happen to good people, blah blah blah, 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 And they start deconstructing a faith that actually they never had to begin with. And they start deconstructing this faith. And the problem is the reason you're in, the situation you're in is because you're not acting like Jesus told us to act. We are living out the consequences of our choices. And we say, Jesus said the kingdom of God is at hand. What does that mean? The kingdom of God is here. What's the kingdom of God? Peace, righteousness, and joy. That's in Romans. Peace, righteousness, and joy. If you are not experiencing peace in your life, you might want to check your behavior. If you're not experiencing joy or righteousness in your life, you might want to check your behavior. But I believe, I'm glad you believe because it's the belief system that changes us and helps us behave. We wanna debate, is this sin, is that a sin? How about we just act right? I thought you were just teaching today. Why are you preaching at us like that? Okay, let's, let me just give you the big four things. Here's the big four overview that the Apostle Paul shares with us in the book of Romans. Okay, I'm, I'm doing, we'll get down into the needy-greedy next week, but today is just the overarching, um, that's Nacho Libre. Anyway, um, we're going to do the four, the four big things that the Apostle Paul, the big issues. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Write these down. Here's the first big issue. The big issue is the biggest problem is sin. It's sin. Here's what sin does. Sin fascinates us and then it assassinates us, right? It gets, you, it gets you all, oh, that's interesting. Oh, and you're fascinated by it, and then it will cut you from one end to the other. It will destroy you. And here's the deal, the Apostle Paul tells us in Romans three twenty three that we're all sinners. We've all sinned, it says, for we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Look at your neighbor, look at your neighbor and tell them, say, you're a sinner. Okay. Listen, guys, um, if you just did that to your spouse, you're an idiot. Okay, don't. You're supposed to look at the other person that you don't know on the other side. So It's going to be a cold night for some of you. Oh, I'm a sinner, huh? I'll show you. <laughs> but we're, we're, all, we're all sinners. And here's what sin does. It leads us to guilt. And here's what guilt does. Guilt gets inside of us and when guilt comes in, it evicts joy. You can't have guilt and joy in the same house. It's impossible. It's like a you got oh I'm sure you grew up in science class and all that stuff with magnets. You know how magnets will repel the if you turn it the wrong way, it'll repel. If you turn it the right way, it comes together. Anybody? No, no. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. My grandfather, my grandpa I don't know why I called him grandfather, that's very formal. My grandpa, um, he used to, I don't know where he got him, but he had two magnets the size of a brick. Each one was a brick. So imagine the size, you know, the power of those magnets. And as kids, we would try so hard to push them together, you know, the wrong, the wrong way. And we would try, but it was always like there was this invisible rubber ball in between. You know, it was just wobbly and it wouldn't work. And you could actually hold one and just kind of push, and it would slide the magnet all the way across the table. It was, we had so much fun. Of course, you turn it the other way, you take your finger off. But we didn't do that. That's what go-karts are for. Anyway, so... But that, that's how, that's what guilt does to us. It just pushes joy out of your house. It pushes it out, and guilt does, so what's the cure for guilt? Here's the, here's the, here's the, the prescription. Romans three twenty four. It's it's grace. That's, that's what it is, it's grace. Romans three twenty four. and all, he just said we're all sinners, but we're all justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. That is awesome. We need more grace. We need to give more grace. You want to know where you're lacking grace in your life? Here, fill in the blank. This will help you out. If you're feeling fear and guilt, l- your lack of grace turned upward. Because see, if you have got the right grace between the great, right relationship between you and the Lord, there, there's no—he doesn't give us a spirit of fear. He gives us a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Come on, somebody. He's going to set you free. He's going to remove guilt. If you if you if you got if you have a problem with criticism and judgmentalism, don't point just absorb, the lack of grace turned outward. You're not giving grace to other people. And in turn, they won't give you grace either, right? Come on, somebody. Last one, perfectionism and depression. That's a lack of grace turned inward. Some of us beat ourselves up so much We are our own worst enemy. We do one little thing sideways and we destroy ourselves from the inside out and all of our scars are bloody on the inside of our souls and we're the ones that do it to ourselves. Can I tell you something? Why don't you practice giving yourself a little grace because God sure does. He knew you weren't perfect when he made you. Okay. You ready for the second one? Nobody even got that. I was like, ready for the second one? And I held up three fingers. Okay. You all ready for the second one? Biggest, here's our biggest challenge, is to change. The biggest challenge is to change. Change is hard. Like, the people that are getting baptized today, they've accepted Jesus Christ, they've gotten saved, right? I hope, I think, that's, yeah, good? Just give me a thumbs up if you got saved, because uh, I'm gonna ask you that in the water. Okay, most of you. We'll work on the rest of you. Uh, I don't, that went sideways quick, I'm just gonna go back over here. Change is tough, right? You accept Jesus Christ, you get you get right with the Lord, and then you try to change. And how many have ever experienced it? It's, it's hard. It's truly difficult. And if you're like me, I feel like I'll take two or three good steps forward in the Lord, right? Make some good decisions. And then you wake up Monday, <laughs> and you kind of feel like you've taken six back. Anybody in the same house as me? And it's just... It's tough, let me encourage you. The Apostle Paul covers this, and we'll get down into it in the upcoming weeks, but just, here's all, you, here, here's all you gotta do. One little step forward. What if I go six back, come on, wherever you are, just take one little step forward. Just get a little bit better, and the Apostle Paul says it this way, he so understands where we are. Romans seven says this, I don't really understand myself. Wow, that's okay. I don't understand my wife either. All right, I don't, I don't really understand myself. For I want to do what's right, but I don't do it. Can anybody testify to that? I, I want to. I genuinely want to. Like I have a want in me to do right, and I wake up, or I go to bed, whatever, and I just mess up again. And I do. Instead, I do what I hate. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do it what is wrong but I do it anyway, here's how how we get through that. Romans route to a successful change is to rethink. It's to to rethink, we have to think differently. Romans eight says this, those who are dominated by the sinful nature Okay, okay, you guys were busy reading. Okay, um, in this verse it says think twice and then it says mind twice and so I'm gonna ask you to say it out loud, those four words, two words, four times because when you say it out loud it actually programs your brain to do something different. It's a little psychology thing. It's a lot of fun, you ready? Okay, I know you're gonna leave here smarter than when you came in. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit Think about things that please the spirit. So letting, watch this, circle that word letting. So letting, in other words, I'm giving permission to either the enemy or the Holy Spirit to control my thoughts. Who gives permission? I do. The Holy Spirit will not overpower you and make you say things or make you think things. The enemy will not overpower you and make you think. Have you ever heard somebody say they sinned or messed up and they're like, I just can not help myself. Yeah, you could. You just chose not to. Own it. (laughs) Do you feel that in the house? We don't even like hearing that. Own it. Guess what? I have made sinful choices in my life. Come on. You can keep your hand down or whatever. I have made sinful choices in my life. I have screwed up royally. Many, 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 times. Somebody told me last week, they said, Pastor, you're just so holy. I literally laughed in her face. If you're here, I'm sorry for laughing in your house, in your face. Um, No, I'm not. I'm human. But we have to start owning our choices, and it's all because of our thoughts. Y'all tracking with me? So letting your sinful nature control your mind, I'm letting it. Leads to death, but letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Here's one more about thinking. We'll again talk about this in the upcoming weeks. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Changing the way you think. Um, You guys know John Maxwell? John Maxwell, he's a leadership guru. He's written a bunch of books. I actually think all of his books are kind of based on his first book, 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, so if you want to bypass all his books and just read that, really good guy. Anywho, he said this about thinking. This is is fantastic, because we always want to change our life and we say we're gonna change our thinking, but there's a process. Just real quick, when you change your thinking, you change your beliefs. When you change your beliefs, you change your expectations. When you change your expectations, you change your attitude. When you change your attitude, you change your behavior. You wanna know how somebody's acting behind your back? Check out their attitude when they're in front of you. Okay. Change your behavior, you will change your life. And that's what we're doing these 16 weeks. We're gonna try to think differently so in the end we can change our life with better attitudes, better behaviors, and all that good stuff. Doesn't that sound like fun? Yeah, all right, you ready for the third one? You're paying attention this time, so good. You ready for the third one? Here's the third one. Biggest calling, live with purpose. We need to live with purpose. Uh, You ask anybody when their birthday is. Like right now, I'll ask you. Just just say the month and the the day. Do not say the year, unless you just want to. I don't care. But say your birthday on the count of three, one, two, three, May 29th. I'm going to repeat myself, May 29th, because you need to know when your pastor's birthday is, May 29th. I am receiving gifts and I am also receiving stock in Nike, if anyone would like to bring that around, right? We all know when we were born, but very few people know why they were born. You ask them when you were born, they can, you can answer right away. You ask why were you born, and we're just like, uh oh. It's like an alarm clock. It can tell you when to wake up, but it doesn't tell you why to wake up. Let me tell you what we need in this area. We need Jesus-loving followers of Christ to wake up in the morning and put their feet on the floor with purpose. Because if you will live out your life with a Jesus Christ purpose, it will change this area. It will change where you work. It'll change the environment that you work in. It'll change the environment in your family. It will change everything if you will live and work on purpose. And some of us have lost our purpose. We don't even know what our purpose is. And the reason we don't know what our purpose is, here's the reason why. Because we're so busy trying to survive. I'm just trying trying to survive, pastor. I'm just trying to survive. If you just try to survive, I'm going to tell you something. You are getting ready to live a very miserable life that is very purposeless. But if you find your purpose again, because you've got one, it'll, it'll do something inside you that you will no longer have to work another day in your life. Every day will be on purpose. It will be a joy, and you'll be passionate about it. How do you even get there? Well, I just told you, passion. The Romans' route to purpose is passion, it's passion. What are you passionate about? And if you've lost your passion, how do you get your passion? We're so busy trying to survive, we don't even pay attention to the beautiful people that Jesus brings in front of us every single day. We don't slow down long enough to look up from our phones and to see the beautiful souls that God has put in front of us. They they don't love Jesus and they never will until somebody takes the time to look up from their phone and tell them about the love of Jesus. And how do you tell them about the love of Jesus? You show them the love of Jesus. And when you start doing that, things change. But we can't be so busy that we don't have time for people. Look at this verse. While getting our passion back, Romans 12, 11. be enthusiastic to serve the Lord, keeping your passion toward him boiling hot. Radiate with the glow of the Holy Spirit and let him fill you with excitement as you serve him. Pastor, I tell you how I get my passion back. When I lose my passion, I just jump on Amazon and buy something else. Passion just radiates from me. Yeah, for about two days, you'll be passionate about that thing, and then you'll be on to something else looking again for your passion to be renewed. And I think that's one of the reasons we're so plagued in our country with so many different various addictions, because we keep looking to the baubles of this world to renew our passion, and there's only one place that your passion can be renewed, and that's in this man named Jesus Christ. That is it. And serving, is, serving will put the passion back in you. Let me just be real honest with you. Um, some of you, a lot of you, missed an incredible opportunity three weeks ago. Can I just be pastoral for a second? Two people, the rest of you are like, oh dear God. Okay. Three weeks ago, we did Servolution. We, we serve our community. Servolution is the lifeblood of this church. It's what we've done from the very beginning and we will keep doing it. Why? Because serving our community and serving others and serving sinners is a mandate from Jesus Christ himself. And so we do that. We called ourselves for a while, we said we were South Point, a new way to do church, and people would say, what's the new way? I said, it's it's so new, it's so old. In other words, Jesus Christ started this thing way back then, and we're gonna try and do a church back to that which is always serving, always serving. And we provided everything for Servolution. We provided events, the resources, the dates, the times, all over the map, all week long, and so many people missed the opportunity to step into that, and the excuse I heard more than any other was, I'm just too busy. If we're too busy to serve others, then we have now highlighted the kingdom of this world higher than the kingdom of God. And we have to get back as followers of Jesus Christ to advancing the kingdom of God. And I know that's not popular, that's not fun, because we would much rather have a country club church rather than an army that changes things. I know, some of you might never come back. My, okay, um, I'm just passionate about serving the lost. I'm passionate about serving our community. It will make a difference. And I'm telling you something. If you're struggling with passion, then go serve somebody and make a difference in their life and you will be amazed at what it does in yours. It'll blow your mind. It'll change how you view life. But we get so busy that we miss the very opportunities that God gives us. All right, let's move on to the fourth one. You ready for the fourth one? This one's super short and then we will baptize some folks. Here's here's the fourth one. The biggest fear is rejection. These are just the big topics that the Apostle Paul covers, super big topics. The biggest fear is rejection. Romans 8.35 says this, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And then he goes through all these things that there's no way, there's no way, nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Because God, through the love of Jesus, is always accepting us. And that's the solution for rejection, is acceptance. Is acceptance. Look at this last verse, Romans 8.31, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Let me encourage you today. If God is for you, ain't nothing can touch you. Say, well this happened and that happened. say, well yeah, but it also says that no weapon formed against us will prosper. Will things come at us? Yes, but it will never win. You will always win in Jesus Christ. And that's what, these people, that's what these people that are getting baptized today have, have done. They've made a decision for Jesus Christ. They've realized and recognized that they are stepping into a whole new life. And today as they get water baptized is a public declaration that you are now following Jesus Christ. And that's spectacular, a next step in your spiritual journey. And they're working on, okay, they believe. And now they, just like all of us, are working on our behaviors to act like the man that we believe in. Doesn't that sound good? So we're gonna baptize some folks. So if you guys wanna stand and head on back. We baptized almost 20 folks in first service and now this gaggle of baptize, baptize. As they head back, let me explain something about water baptism here at South Point if you've never been here before. Baptism, water baptism is not a funeral event. Haiti is not allowed to do any funeral dirges. Got it, no dirges. Wherever that name came from, dirge, no dirge. Um, because here's what happened, this is a celebration. Here's the reason why. If, you don't, if you're not familiar with um, immersion baptism, here's what it is. This water does not contain salvation. It's not magic. They made a decision to follow Christ, and now this is a public declaration that they're now following Jesus Christ. So the water represents the Holy Spirit, and as they go down under the water, it's symbolic of putting to death the old man, the old way of living, the old behaviors, the old beliefs, putting that to death. And then they're washed clean, and as they come up out of the water, they're resurrected into a new life. And so that is a joy. This is not a golf event called the Masters. There's no there's no golf club because we're here celebrating the resurrection of the one and only master. His name is Jesus Christ. And this is what it's all about. What he does in us. So when they come out of the water, I need you guys shouting, screaming. There's a bunch of them, so don't get tired. Come on, get you a little swig of water, a little coffee. Hang with us, because this is the most beautiful thing ever. Will you guys stand with me if you will? You can't celebrate sitting down. We're gonna party up in the house. And celebrate new life, Georgiana's first. Come on.